Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Matt Pierce. I'm the Learning Video Ambassador for TechSmith Corporation. Happy to be with you today here on the Visual Lounge. We've got a great show because, you know, if you're like me, sometimes you struggle to know what is it that I should actually be doing to help myself or others to learn new skills, to go through that process to get better and to improve. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, among other things, with our guest Felice Banner, who will be on in just a minute. Before we do that, uh, though, of course, we like to talk about the TechSmith Academy because... Look, we've put a lot of time and effort into the TechSmith Academy. It's a valuable resource that we hope you find value in as well. Go out there and learn about screencasting, learn about creating videos, lighting, audio, doing all the things and skills that you need to get better so that you can make better messages. And it's not about necessarily making the videos, it's about better communication and better skills, but we're gonna teach you those fundamental basics so you can be confident in being able to do those things and Best part, it is all free and available today. Go to academy.techsmith.com. We'd love to have you sign in for one of our courses. Some other great courses out there as well that are not video focused, but about writing helpful help, using job aids and the like. So with that though, let's get down to business today because we've got a lot to talk about. So before we do that, let me just introduce our guest today. You could say innovation, Exploring, engaging, these are words that come to mind when I think about Felice Banner. And if you haven't met her yet, you're going to, and hopefully you get a chance to in IRL, as the kids say, in real life. I had the meet, uh, privilege to meet Felice through her work with the Technology Test Kitchen, where she helps smash up ideas and help facilitate hands-on learning experiences with new and old technologies. It's super cool if you ever get to see a Test Kitchen experience, we'll really get you thinking about how technologies can be used. And she's someone I know that when I have a big idea or wanna talk about bigger, learning design or learning experience ideas. She's someone that's going to have practical advice and lead me in a good direction or tell me I'm crazy and, and help me move on to something better, which I love about that, uh, that about her. She's also a pioneer in online learning. She's an Adobe educated uh, education leader, a certified learning environment architect, STC fellow, performance storyteller, avid angler, and one that I was really interested in, an avid owner or a proud owner of a 1967 Amphicar. With that, please help me welcome Felice Banner to the Visual Lounge. Felice. Hey. hey, man, I think that's the best introduction I've ever had. So thank you so much. And uh, thanks for having me here. I love my TechSmith friends and uh, family. So it's great to be here. Well, we, we love you too. And I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself in a second, but I've got to know about the car. Cause I, I was like, Amphicar, what, what is that? And I went and looked it up and it looks pretty sweet. So it's great that people are always like, I went and looked it up. So I don't know life without an Amphicar. And uh, basically anyone can drive their car into the water. I can drive mine back out. So 
they've become popular. They're actually at Disney now at Disney Springs and you can pay $75 to go for a ride in the empty car, or you can just come visit me and I'll take you for a ride in mine. But my dad was an avid angler. He was also an inventor. He worked on um, a lot of radar systems. He worked on Apollo. He helped design the LEM. So I always say my dad helped us get to the moon, along with 100,000 other people. But <laughs> it's nice to have a part of that. So he was, he was out in London doing business, and he saw this car drive into the water, and he had to have one. He was very eccentric, and that, that was it. And so he brought the Amphicar over. And then the next year, he wanted to get a new one because back in the 60s, that was in 62, 63, you know, you upgrade, you get the new version back then, and no one would sell him one overseas. So he convinced a local car dealership to become an empty car dealership, which is why upstate New York, I'm up in Saratoga Springs, New York, there is more than one empty car. And (laughs) there's quite a few, actually. And we had five altogether. The, I have the 1967 as the last one running. We had a second one for parts. We only have the one now. But, uh, yeah, again, anyone can drive their car into the water. I can drive mine back out. And, <laughs> you know, this is like a rite of passage. To me, that feeling when you when you drive into the water and the front of the car pops up, like, that's it's freaky for a lot of people. For me, it's normal. And, and so think about how that sort of, adjusted my mindset or influenced my mindset growing up. And when my kids were little, they took the red cars. Like we had, you know, everybody's cars left over from, you know, my, my brothers and sisters and kids all over. And the red cars always went into the water because (laughs) our empty car is red. So (laughs) it's an interesting thing, but I think that's what that had really shaped me into the person I am very much so. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that, what, what an awesome story and what a great legacy to have uh, from your dad, as well as to be that, you know, to have something so unique as part of who you are. So beyond the Amphicar though, tell, tell us, I mean, I, there's a lot of things I said in your intro, but real briefly for those who haven't had the, the magic of experiencing uh, working with you, Felice, tell us a little bit about what you do day to day, kind of what you focus on as a professional. Sure. So um, I worked my way up the ranks in structure. You know, you get that job, instructional designer, you work your way up the ranks, you get promoted. And I was the director of online learning for different universities. And it got to the point where, you know, the next step in my career, next logical step is executive director of online learning, VP, whatever. And uh, I realized I wasn't designing anything anymore. So in 2016, I quit one day, made the decision to quit and decided to consult full time. And what I do is find solutions to learning challenges and I design learning experiences and I focus on projects that really are from concept to completion, solving a a problem. Great example is one of my clients right now, while Cornell medical, I'm working on a project where there's a developed tool that was part of training and the training is, uh, was contracted to be delivered face-to-face, obviously COVID hit, and now needs to be delivered in a virtual format. But upon discovery, going through the discovery phase, I realized that there's so much potential in this training to create a training ecosystem around this tool instead. And so I take on challenges that are, um, I take on challenges and work in places that give me the freedom to be creative because I believe in trying pretty much 
anything. <laughs> my line is always, I've used my shoe more than once to hammer a nail into the wall, right? A tool's a tool. I like to play, I like to experiment, and I like to see where things can go, and I like to push the limits. So I may not, you know, go out to one of the big organizations and take on an instructional design typical job of, you know, creating some facilitated training or something like that. I like to take on larger projects or more complicated projects that, um, where I can, I can be creative and, and crazy. As you say, it's, you know, it's funny, Matt, you said, you've got some crazy idea and I take you in another direction. And I think you're wrong about that one. I think I, I push you in the direction of the crazy idea. That, that may be true, but you, you help me walk the line. So it doesn't seem as crazy. I think it's the reality. Uh, so, you know, and so I, obviously you've got tons of great experience helping people to really think differently. And, and today what we want to, our kind of main focus is thinking about this challenge that I think a lot of us have, whether you're creating training or a program or whatever you're doing, it, it can be hard to understand that process to like the steps you need to go through um, to, to create something that's going to move you down that path. Like, I, you know, I think about like from a customer education standpoint, you know, if I'm working mm-hmm. on a software product or, you know, like in the TechSmith Academy, which we talked about earlier, what's, how do you, you know, lead someone that maybe knows nothing to some, someone that can be decent or beyond, maybe even to up to expert level at doing something. It doesn't even have to be like, a lot of things. It could just be one thing. So let's, let's have a chat about that. Cause I know you've got a lot of fantastic ideas. So first of all, why is it, why do you think it's so hard for people to, to see this and think about that process and that flow? So, you know, we fall back on these terms that we've heard all these years. And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, one of my pet peeves is you don't know what you don't know. Okay. You know, true, fine, all well and good, but you probably have a pretty good guess <laughs> about what you don't know. And yes, there's so much unknown out there, but it's sort of create, putting yourself in a mindset where somebody else probably does know what you don't know. There's right. probably established practices out there about what you don't know. And how can you benefit from what you don't know? Is it even, does it even matter? Right? In some cases, it doesn't matter at all, which you don't know. I need to learn how to, um, I, as, as your intro was going on, it's how to rotate a video. It's like, boy, <laughs> I wish I had that. I knew how to do that a couple of days ago. But do I need to know how to rotate a video if I'm never going to do video work? Right. Right. So um, it, it sort of starts there. And I, I've, I'm a late career person. Right. I'm 143 years old now, <laughs> but uh, you know, like a career person, and I have a lot of folks coming to me saying, what should I do next? Or can you mentor me through what I would like to do next? And really kind of we see that horizon. We want to climb up that hill. What is that hill in front of us? You know, we have so much potential as human beings to climb that hill. But what is that hill? <laughs> right? What is that? How can we harness that potential if we don't know where we're going or where we want to go? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think so. It sounds like, first of all, you, to some level, you have to disregard that you're not, there's always going to be things you won't know, right? Like you won't know lots of things. And there, but on the same hand, there sounds like there's very few times, 
and I know there's exceptions to this, but there's very few times when knowledge doesn't already exist. I mean, I'm guessing maybe when your dad was helping put people, get people to the moon, sure, there's new knowledge there. But for most of us, there's probably something that we can borrow, beg, or steal from that will at least relate. Um, so that makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So we can, for, don't worry about what we don't know. And then we can start saying, okay, now where do we want to go? And that's, I, I guess that's going to drive a lot of what we want to do. Is that, is that right? Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to talk about maturity today and I, I'll just then, jump right Then in. I'm out. Sorry. Can't, can't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my toys are up on the shelf there, but uh, no, but for me, maturity isn't about age. It's, it's about, I use the word ripeness. Right. So that we're ripe and ready. And where can we be on this on this career ripeness thing? Uh, but I don't want to focus just on on skills, knowledge, skills or or um, qualities along those lines. A lot of us have done a skills assessment for ourselves for ourselves and whether we built out a skills matrix and talked about what are our current skills and what are our desired skills to list them out is one thing but where's that roadmap like how do i get from here to there um and and that maturity piece i it's like growth how do we grow right put the seed in the ground water it give it what it needs and it grows we sort of know what we need to do along those lines and uh I want to just pop back, and I will pop all over the place, because if you've ever had a conversation with me, <laughs> I kind of go off in so many different directions. And, and as I mentioned to you earlier, Matt, is a colleague of mine on social media posted this question about why do we use our job titles? Why do we call ourselves our job titles? So, you, you know, Matt, you're a learning and video ambassador, but I know so many other things about you. Mm -hmm. And so what... My, my colleague said, it's instead of using our job titles, why don't we use what we're most creative at? So Matt, I'm going to ask you, or even if it's just a craft or creative thing, so what are you? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so I'm so many things. That's, that's, that's the interesting challenge, right? Like, how do you pick one thing? I, I think there's a lot of people in the learning development community that might know me and a lot of people who don't know this about me, but I play Dungeons and Dragons and I'm a dungeon master and I create a whole, a game master, if you will, is another term. And I create whole worlds in a, a, adventures and uh, scenarios. So. so I want you to hold on to that because we okay. can use that as an example as we move through that today. Because my response was I'm an enamelist. I'm an enamel artist. Enamel okay. artist, interesting. So few people know that about me. Now I do. I did not know that. Right. So, but how do you? How do I see myself in here? And and so, I want to just bring up those things. The reason I'm bringing those things up is we can use them as examples as we build out what we're gonna build out and, and consider what, what maturity is in that space. Because I could talk for 17 hours about what maturity is in a learning design job, but I want to make this easy for folks to kind of bring back right. into their place and think about how am I maturing as an analyst? How am I maturing or how have I matured as an analyst? And where do I want to be? Like, where can I get to? What does it mean to be this good? What does it mean to be a dungeon master, right? What skills do you need to have? Yeah. And 
And what does it mean to be a really crappy dungeon master <laughs> versus a really good? Well, I didn't master. tell you that I was good. I just said that's what I am. I mean, it's so, <laughs> I'm probably on that low end spectrum. <laughs> well, then let's talk about the spectrum and what a continuum is, right? Yeah. So we, we go from one end to another and it doesn't matter. So like for me, I think the most important thing is to establish what that continuum is. What does that continuum look like anywhere? And I'll go back to my career. What does a career as a learning experience designer look like? What is that spectrum? What's, you know, sort of okay, good, better, best. And what would I need to, like, what would be classified as best? What would be classified as good? Kind of what's good enough. And can you imagine if I sort of drew all of that out or documented that in some way, shape or form, how I could use that as a roadmap. And that's what I've done. That's what I do. That's what I do with my clients. That's how I mentor uh, folks in the industry. And that's what I hope to do with all of you today. Kind of share the, my little tips and tricks in this space. Yeah. And I'm excited to get into that because I, I, I think so. And I just want to make this kind of, and correct me if my generalization here is wrong, please set. The brilliant part about this is oftentimes I don't think we we map these out, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, I, mean, I mean, even in the learning field or if you're a technical writer or you're doing these roles, your, your organization probably has like, you're a tech writer one, you're a tech writer two, tech writer three, but those aren't, I mean, those are meaningful for pay raises or job benefits, which is really important. I don't want to downplay that, but it's not about whether you're the best in your field or best in class. Like I, I think these are harder things to measure and what you might think is great, like where you want to be might be completely different need or where I want to be like, you know, cause I'm like, I'm, I'm an instructional designer by education and I've done a lot of instructional design, but that's not really the path I'm on, nor is it necessarily where I want to be tomorrow. Um, right. And so it's like, I, I love how this individualizes it yet. You can still both like anyone on this can probably have some commonality, but it seems like you could get to a higher level. Everyone will get to a higher level by going through this exercise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And think about, I, I think about a couple of things. One is the times when your supervisor comes to you and it's that time of year for performance evaluations. And your supervisor says, I'd like you to do your own performance evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> right? Here's the piece of paper, do your own performance evaluation. How did you do? And you go back and you look at your job description and you see the metrics that were laid out possibly. And then you write up, I did great because, or, you know, I'm, I'm waning here or whatever it is, it, you know, in, in that, in that space. I also just want to bring in uh, some concepts from the design thinking space where we, one of the tools from the design thinking, the practice of design thinking is uh, empathy mapping. And I want to, in, in empathy mapping, we take a look at what people are thinking, saying, feeling, and doing. Okay. And I wasn't expecting to bring this in, Matt. So I'm sorry if I'm throwing you. No, this uh, is great. Uh, But, you know, what are people thinking, saying, feeling, and doing and in any way, shape, or form in any space? So for an example, uh, think about how you, in your work, do a needs assessment or a needs analysis. You may have some 
extensive documents, uh, you know, organizational assets that you can use, templates and things like that for going through and doing your needs assessment. And, but I, I worked with the entire state of Georgia with a group of social workers. There were over 100 social workers in one room and in 10 minutes doing a, um, an empathy mapping exercise they had a needs assessment completed in 10 minutes, right? Wow. So, so just this, these, this concept of these rapid tools that aren't doing this deep analysis based in research, but analysis based on what you know, your knowledge and what you can find easily, right? So these social workers knew what people were thinking, feeling, saying, and doing that were inferred or observed and, uh, and so this was a quick method of getting something done. So what we're going to walk through today, we're going to be talking about this, the concept of maturity modeling. And maturity modeling comes out of the Department of Defense back in the 80s, came up, you know, took a grid, made this matrix and, and came up with the capability maturity model, which is used in, uh, in software engineering. So if you've heard of this before, that's probably where you've heard it. And the idea of, you know, I think uh, from HR and from human resource management, I, I learned about what a skills matrix is, right? It's like, mm -hmm. here's the skill, here's the current skill, and here's your desired skill. And then you think, what do you need to do in order to get from here to here? But there's so much more along the continuum. What's the plural of continuum? Continuum. Continuums. I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, you know. we'll look that up. But, um, but the, the idea is taking this capability maturity model concept and creating maturity matrices about for ourselves and the work that we do. And like, you don't have to share this with anybody. You can share them with other people. And you can also consider how you might use this in your work for other, other things. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I well, I love the concept, and um, you know, and I think I think it's probably best if we jump in and start yeah. looking at it because I know it took me uh, you walking me through this to really kind of catch catch the vision of it, and I'm really excited to apply it. So I'm going to go ahead. Let's um, let me share my screen here, and I want you to kind of think about this notion of we talk about clarity, transparency, ownership in, in, in the work that you're doing. But what does that mean for yourself, right? right. And I, I find that we have so much, we have, we can, we have so much time to be introspective. I shouldn't say we have time. I think we should take the time to be introspective and consider how we can own our own maturity in our work, in our, in our crafts and our passions, things like that. So Matt, Matt, you can go back to the grid and we can build something out. And the idea well, but you is said something really important. I think that's is a key to all this is you have to take the time, regardless of the model or regardless of the tool, you have to take the time to do this. And this is just a tool that you'll, if you're, if you use it, it can help you, but there's probably a thousand other tools you can use that can also give you insights, but this is one of them. And I, and I love the idea that we can, can do that. So, okay. So we got a grid as everyone can see, it's just a grid here. So Felice, where do I start? So the idea is that we're talking maturity, ripeness, and we have to have our maturity levels. And so this is where I swear to you, it can go zero, one, two, three, four, five, if we want it to, or we can make levels up. I have seen um, uh, levels along the lines of 
good, better, best. Yeah. And so you've got it. Yeah. So I, it's the, I had the crawl, walk, run and fly. What is the first one you have there? I've got roll. Roll. You got to roll over. Roll. roll, crawl, one, run, walk, run, fly. But I've seen things that start with, you know, heroic and then uh, more advanced. I have a couple here. Hold on here. Possible, encouraged, enabled, managed, continuously improved, heroic, reactive, proactive, mature, strategic, just okay, good, better, even better, best. But I love this concept of roll, walk, crawl, walk, run, fly. <laughs> the roll one is just, that one's new to me. <laughs> so thanks cool. for putting I was thinking it about it, you know, you know, I've got, I've got enough kids that I've seen that they don't, yeah. they don't start walking or crawling. They, they have to, it's a big milestone when they roll over. And I was thinking like, that's, if you were looking for something where you're just like, I just need the bare minimum. Like I just need something yeah. that's going to get me started. It makes, it made a lot of sense to me, but I love that you can put whatever makes sense. And one thing I heard in those examples and the reason I switched off for a second, cause I wanted yeah. to ask you this, when you're setting those up, could it be that the maturity model like this, but the progression I put is clearly progressive in terms of like, I'm rolling, I'm, you know, you're getting better and like flying is like superhero status. Yeah. But could the, is it that the end one is maybe like, maybe there's a state where, you know, you're not going to like become a superhero, but you're going to maintain does that make sense for the model too, or is it should always be progressive? It so it should always be progressive. Okay. And the the reason and and the reason being is you don't you're trying to create a pathway. So I see where you're going with that by saying mm -hmm. this as good as this, which is as good as this. Um, and I wouldn't. I, I see a value in doing that. Maybe that's some sort of effective practice grid of some sort. I'm really focusing on maturity here. And no that, worries. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. So. And so whatever those levels would be to you. And in fact, if you're going to struggle over what they should be called, number them. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> or A, C, D, E. Right? right. Keep it simple. We, we yeah. like that. Okay. So we, yeah. we've got, got our progression, please. So where do we go from here? Sorry. I love talking over you, Matt. This is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't wait. I want to put something down. <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to go with your dungeon master uh, example. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. And so the idea is to select these process areas and the process areas, what goes down on the left side are, are like, things where you would want to see growth. And so like, what do you need? What skills do you need? Or what do you need? There you go. Like storytelling. storytelling. Uh, done what else? Time management. Time management. What else? Do you um, need to understand rules? Oh, yes. So, There's so many rules. Rule, yep, you need to understand rules, understanding. And then how about do you need to do to balance risk and reward? Do you need to understand what risk and reward are in your case? I don't know. Yeah, I'm making this up. No, I think that's a good one, right? Because you're trying to balance in the story, like what's going to be compelling, like what kind of risk is going to be compelling yet not turn the players off or what's yeah. going to be interesting for them to keep them motivated. So that's a good one. Yeah, and that's enough to start. And I've got I, my my other note. I have two notes for our meeting today. <laughs> in, in process areas, so for for work, let's say you're doing this at work. I've got infrastructure, expertise, technology, governance, and culture. And these are just typical things that are used. Strategy, shared values, style, 
And style is one that we don't always think about. And I always include that one. Style, structure, skills, staff, systems, um, access, involvement, communication, mobilization, support, the culture, team, architecture, delivery, and infrastructure, policy, responsibility, communication, action, engagement, things like that. So whatever works within your scenario. So let's go back to your to the grid here and, and start filling things in. And so if you're doing this for the very first time, the easiest thing to do is to go for that first thing and say, you know, if you're just starting out, what do you need to be able to, to do? What's your storytelling level? Just read, uh, read from the book, right? Like from the book, that's it. You can read from the book. And then if you're getting a little better, you can read from the book and embellish on the story. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you may be, and so I'm thinking through this, like what's, what's this next one is uh, read plus improv new scenarios, right? With mm -hmm. flourish. I don't know. I'm making yeah. this up. And then That's running cool. is, um, I mean, so it's interesting, like in this case, so I'm getting caught up on the read the book, but like, I mean, the books are like, there's campaigns that you could get or there's, you can make your own and that doesn't really make you a good storyteller. It's about uh, immersion, out the window. immersion into world uh, from multiple uh, ways. It's like, I'm thinking of this and fly is like, um, see Matt Mercer, who is a, a dungeon master who is of, of great re renown, a superhero kind of guy, right? Like he does it all. Um, and so like, if I could, you know, that's a high level, that's a high bar. So does that make sense then? Like something like that? It, does. it, makes, it makes perfect sense. But, and this is great that you did this. I don't know who Matt Mercer is. And let's say someday down the road, this isn't just for you. Yep. And you want to mentor me, but don't change this at all. You want to mentor me. And by giving me your maturity matrix, I see it says, see Matt Mercer, and I've got to go look up Matt Mercer. So right. you're pushing me to action as well in this space. So I like it, but you might want to detail out who Matt Mercer is. And so tell me what your thought process was, Matt, as you're going through this and how easy it was for you to do, just or easy or difficult. What did you struggle with? What was, what came naturally? Yeah. So I think, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I kind of can sense like uh, what, where levels would be, right? Like, I think that's kind of clear. It gets a little murkier down when it's higher, the higher levels, because I'm, I'm not there. And so I don't, I have expectations that may or may not actually match with, with the reality, but it's, um, I, I, I think one of the things I struggle with is that it was, and I mentioned this, like getting caught up on that first one, I said, read from the book. Well, it's not a, and none of the other ones really should be about the book. That's just like, if you're just getting started, that's the easiest thing to do. But for the other ones, mm -hmm. It, I think there should be other, maybe more defined things, right? Like, um, you know, em, embellish the story with your own flair. Like, but but I felt like I was getting pulled back to that kind of that that trunk of like, oh, I said read from the book. Now everything else has to tie to that. When that's not the case, so I think it's easy to get caught up maybe on the wrong thing, if that makes sense. So that's correct. But we're going to go back, and I'm going to challenge you when you said you had trouble with that last one, with that fly, you didn't, you thought of someone. Right. And we all will do that. And so that's when we 
go to what are those qualities that Matt Mercer has that you want to call out as making Matt fall under the fly category. And it, there is no reason not to use the things you admire because the things you admire are the things you want, you will aspire to. Yeah. Right. I, I love that. And so let's, let's do a quick translation here because, you know, we're talking about something very arbitrary, like my right. skills as playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> are only important to a few people that I know are watching for the rest of us. Like, so yeah, I can totally see this, right. That like, let's say we want to get, um, let's pick something very practical for the TechSmith audience. Cause I think, and we talked a little bit, like if we were going to do this for learning, Camtasia. Let's say that's a goal that I have for my, in my organization. We want to get better at using video and Camtasia is the way we're going to uh-huh. do that. Like you could say, I want to make video like Matt Pierce, please be better than me. But you know, like then you could say like, here's what I want to do. So I love that idea of like taking an example and saying, okay, well, what does Matt do? Well, um, uh-huh. Matt has a good microphone. Matt uses a camera. Matt uses lighting. You notice none of these are skill-based because I'm... <laughs> That's it. it. That's it. So, like, what you you do have skills. You have mad skills. So, thank you. (laughs) It's easiest for me to start at the best. It's easiest for me to, and it's going to be different for every single person to go to that. You know, if I go, if my my final level on here is, you know, in is certainty, whatever. So, uh, I'm at that, or I'm in that fly category. It's I know what something good looks like that I want to get to. And what is that level of, you know, flying in that space? And it's typically, I go a little bit further than what it would normally be. So I wouldn't say I want to make videos as good as Matt. I would say I want to make videos better than Matt. And so <laughs> Perfect. You know, Matt, Matt's got good lighting, but I'm going to have stellar lighting, right? My lighting is even better than Matt. And you can write things out like that because um, I want that lot, that final column to be to push beyond the boundaries that I know exist, right? And I, wh- I, I'm going to keep going back to the other your other, the example we used because of, you know, the reason why that dungeon master came to mind for you because he does things beyond what you can conceive of. Right. right. So you got to go a little bit further beyond what what you can conceive of. And that's where imagination comes in. And the thing about imagination is you're never wrong. Right. <laughs> I can imagine until I put things into action and test and try and evaluate and prototype or whatever I'm doing. My imagination can be as right as I want it to be. And so there's a little bit of imagination involved in this process and let yourself go. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. But um but imagine what could be beyond what we consider best now. That's where innovation happens. And so a lot of the work I do in maturity modeling is innovation capacity maturity modeling, which does just that. And it says, like, we could be this good. And that's somewhere in the third or fourth column. But that fifth column or six or eighth, you know, however far you want to go out. Imagine what else Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll bring it right back to Camtasia, Matt. And mm-hmm. what more could I know? 
right? What more could I learn? Let's talk about the tools that exist and mastery of the tools in Camtasia that exist. But what about the tools that don't exist? And what about being able to add to the features list? I would put that in there. Mastery of tools. I know how to do, you know, maybe a third of them, maybe half of them, maybe three quarters of them. And that one is recommend new features. It's beyond what, what, what exists there. And that's what flying is to me. That's what maturity looks like in these spaces. Wow, that is I, I, that is so powerful, and I hope everyone listening is is keen in on this because I love that you've tied innovation into it. Right, it's not just about getting better and figuring out what people need, but it's really about pushing beyond where you think you can be. Right, like you, you know, uh, let's let's stay on this track. So, if, if Matt Mercer ever saw this, heaven forbid, he would be embarrassed beyond belief now, now but you know he's a very successful voiced actor he, he's got a lot of things that make him in that fly category right they launched a kickstarter for an animated tv show based on their D campaign like 11 million dollars or something like that so like he he, he is too totally at the top of his game um but he's always embarrassed because people always put him in that like oh you gotta be you're not you're not that person but what i see is is if i can even get close to that i would be great I would be stellar. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and I think that's brilliant. And when you think about taking it out of this kind of fun thing, you know, enamel artist or whatever, and put it yeah. into job, if if my employer thinks that I'm walking right now, or if they, you know, that's where I would assess myself, and I got close to flying, what a huge benefit for them. And if we can help any employees to move from walking, from crawl to walk or walk to run or whatever that, that jump is, I mean, how much better off is the organization or the individual because they've they've gained the skills? And I, that's what I'm that's what I'm loving about this. It's not just like telling me where I am and what I need to do next. It's I love that it's it's about that pushing and kind of shoving. Hey, you can be you can be better. And but it doesn't have to hurt, right? Right. And 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 the other the other piece is consider how you might use this in a team and how this would benefit a team. And what your what the skills your team has and where the team is. And it may be that as a team, you're in a different place than where you are as an individual. And what are those the goals of that team? So I've done a lot of work pulling teams together to work on learning design projects. And one of the important pieces that I always include is a team charter. And I don't follow the project management standards of when you should be developing that team charter because I like the team to develop the charter together mm -hmm. as part of the exercise. Well, the new thing I do is I bring the maturity matrix right into that same process so that along with the charter, we get to have a team building exercise in um, and we'll pick three or four uh, process areas and we'll build that out. First, it introduces the practice so that people can learn how to do, the, do this for themselves in their own work or play or whatever. But uh, as that team building exercise, it gives us that input. It helps us grow and gel around effective practices while we're establishing the boundaries of those practices. Yeah. I, I, and I love that what that does is and I'm assuming this is the way it will work in most teams is that it gives you a place to say like, Hey, I see you're not walking today. I see that you're crawling. Can I, and I'm putting, trying to put a very positive spin. I could see how it could be used yeah. the other way, but like, can I help you? Can I, can yeah. I get you, can I pick you up? Um, 
and, and hopefully that's the reaction versus like, well, you're crawling today. Let's, you know, you can mm-hmm. argh, get in here. Uh, but so I, I love that, that though. Yeah. And that's another really important thing is that why a lot of folks don't use that crawl. And I stay away from numbers because I don't want there to ever be a level zero or a one because two might be better than one. And that's why in, in some of the ones that I, I do, I have the words that I've used before, possible, encouraged, enabled, managed, continuously improved. Yeah. So, you know, and the one client that I work with started their lowest one at heroic because what they were doing at that moment was heroic and they wanted to get even better. And that's what we should think about. This isn't like, it's good, better, best. It's nothing negative. Nothing goes into the less than, you know, zero column or, um, and it's not about, we really have to think about, it's not about improvement. Mm -hmm. It's about that maturity and sometimes you'll know that being able to open the book and read the story is all you need. So that maturity level is appropriate in certain circumstances. And this just, for me, it's, it's provides that clarity and transparency and ownership that I like to have. Right. And it's about these being able to progress and to see where we want to go. Right. I want to I want to be as good as this other, you know, dungeon master or, you know, I see that I need to learn some new things. This is my this is where I say this helps me figure out what I don't know. It really helps me figure out what I don't know, because I say, well, um, I want to uh, create a um, a video that has uh, transitions, it fades out at the end and the the audio fades out, but I've never been able to figure out how to make the audio fade out. I tend to just cut it short. So, you know, I use Camtasia all the time. How am I gonna fade that audio? I need to learn more about these audio tools in here. There's a a lot of stuff that I don't know here, but I can see that to move up to this level, I'm gonna have to learn how to do, do these things. And, you know, it's, I think by, for me, you saying that Matt, now I've forgotten Matt's last name. It's been Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Mercer Mercer has some skills that you can say, Oh, that's what I don't know. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's what I'm walking away from. This is just really a new appreciation for how this could be applied. And I mean, I sort of feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Felice, because I don't want to, what I don't want to do is, and I do this a lot with tools. I get really excited. I jump in. I, I think with the, obviously we were talking, we've been talking like skills with enamel or, or dungeon mastering. Like there's, we've looked at bigger buckets, right? Like kind of bigger things. But it, what I'm hearing, especially with your Camtasia example that you were saying, we could, we could be much more uh, kind of finite, granular and use that as well, knowing that like, Maybe instead of five, like maybe those categories, you're still going to only have five, but this is how I get a little bit better in like just audio production, yeah. right? Like be very, I, it feels like I could really start to say like, I want to get really good and pick one of those things and really break it down. Like I really want to get really good at using character voices as I tell my stories. And then I could say, well, I can do a Scottish accent or I could do, you know, I could do whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Like I think, so I'm, I'm, I, is that a wrong approach to try to get too great? Can you get too granular or too big? 
yeah, there is no wrong approach and get, get as granular as you want and get as big as you want. And it's, <laughs> we're drawing a grid and, and talking about relationships, right? Saying that at this, um, you know, for this process area has these characteristics at this level, right? So that for me, my audio mixing capabilities have these characteristics at different levels and I, I can detail those out. And even if, so think about this, say I don't, that we'll go back to the, the saying I, my pet peeve, one of them, uh, mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. It's like, okay, well, this is blank and I don't really know what to put in here. So I'm going to call Matt at TechSmith and talk to him about this. Cause like, what could I put in here? It's also a way to shape the conversations you're having about what you need to learn, skills your team might need to have, skills you might want to have, or what an effective practice is. And we could spend another hour at some point in time in the future talking about effective practices, but this is basically what you're, you're laying out for yourself, you know, effective practices at these different levels. And you own them and you guide them, you shape them. So as big or small as you want them to be, whatever works for you. So, so let me ask you this, please, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the operationalization, operationalization of it for myself, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I got my, I got my grade here. Um, I feel like one of the challenges could be is like I see, I, I put these categories down, and I can, I can pull up the matrix again, just so we're, we're looking at that, right? Like, so, like we've got, let's say I'm at this kind of uh, crawl level. I can read and embellish my story, but I want to be able to imp- improv. Mm-hmm. It feels like that now that I, I like, okay, I can see that. I can see that how that's a uh, unique, maybe skill kind of differentiator. So what do you tell people that like, how do I now take this and do something to move from crawl to walk? Like any, and I know there's a million ways to do that, but I'm I guess in any way to take this and make it operational in that sense where I'm actually going to be able to mature in my process. This is the ownership piece. And this is where you do that, you have to do that work, right? It's, we're trying to figure out what we don't know. We're, we're detailing out what we don't know. And then to get from here to there, that's action. And so you have so many options and it depends on your learning style, your motivation, um, your preferred uh, communication methods and your love, your comfort level. And if you do need to step outside that comfort level and ask someone to show you how, uh, go for it. But there are, this is where tutorials come in, in handy. Are you, do you, are you the kind of person who likes to go look things up and figure it out? Like, what would I really need to do? Where could I learn improv? Should I attend a, a class? Should I do this? And that's a separate, um, I think that's a separate exercise and activity mm-hmm. that builds on this, that, that, Okay, I'm gonna. I want to go from this level to this level. This is my pathway. What do I need in order to get there? And and then you're gonna have to take it a level and detail it out. I have done, um, and it's nuts, but I've done it. <laughs> so for each um, each transition from one level to the next, I've done branching and pathing to say the to put three levels in, so three paths in. So there's the the easy way, <laughs> the typical way, and then the hard way. And if you want to get, and that's something I would do for a client who wants to work out a maturity model and then to take that and how do we get 
here, from here to there. So it's a, an entirely different process. But if you want to start and take the first steps after this, right? So we've given ourselves uh, levels of progress toward goals or levels of progress we might be after. So how do we progress from here to there is what's the simplest way to do this? What's the hardest way to do this? And then what lies in between? So, you know, the simplest way is for me to call you, Matt, or text you, Matt, how do I do this? Right. I've done that before. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How do I do this? Um, Or I could go take a class, right? And is it going to cost me money? Is it going to, you know, is it free? What are, what are the benefits? And you have to sort of analyze it, you know, do a little risk assessment, benefits analysis, all of those things come in to play. And these are skills we should all have in the design space. We have them, right? We do this for our clients. Let's do it for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, and I love that this model, I mean, it is a lot for me, like this particular instance, like to get better. Right. But I can see it taking it and I can apply it for my customers. I can say like, yeah. uh, you know, we work on the Camtasia certification or Snagit certification programs and we could, we could apply this to say like, Hey, what does it look like if someone truly like there's a certified count? A column there, right? And what what does that mean? And what are the skills that they need to have to truly be certified or to, to be an intermediate user or basic user? What Because then we can start planning out our program. We can say like, to be a basic user, you need to know how to take a basic screen recording, this and this and this. Uh, but if you're certified, you should understand all these other things. So I really, I think this has a lot of practical application for anyone creating learning content or any kind of content. Yeah, the one thing I want to leave you with here is that, you know, for certified is that end, that end space, right? A maturity mm-hmm. matrix should never have that end space. There should gotcha. be something beyond it. We need that beyond that. And just go back to that, that example of um, I make that feature request for something right. that doesn't exist yet. Well, and well yeah, and I, I think we could argue whether certified is the end space because there are so many other things we'd love users to do, like in any program, right? Like yeah. certified is maybe it's a, it's a path, it's a step along the path, but obviously that's, you're not, once you're certified, you're not done um, because there's new versions, there's uh, other things that like we'd love for people to do uh, and sharing that knowledge and wisdom, things like that. So yeah, yeah. I could see where it's not an end state. So never, so never make it that last column, that's right. But gr- that is a, a good reminder because I'm, I'm going to be guilty of that. I'm sure I'm going to go make one for myself here and it's going to be like, ah, catch myself. <laughs> what is the largest training class you've ever had? Because you've worked and trained people. 2,000. 2,000. Holy cow. That is a ton. 2,000 faculty. Absolutely. For many of us working remote, I've always, I've been working remotely for a very long time. But for a lot of us right now, working remotely, the sense of accomplishment isn't the same as, you know, everyone patting you on the back or, hey, great job or walking past somebody. And, uh, and setting something up like this for yourself is even to make it through the week <laughs> is, is helpful, right? On a project you're starting, what would this be? It doesn't have to take uh, forever. And it, there is no one right way. But I, I guarantee you will it will help guide your own pathway and your own maturity. And there may be some things you don't want to get better at or uh dive into or develop. And that's, that's fine too, right? In, in many cases, right? I, 
I'm a torch enamelist. I know how to handle this one torch. I don't want to learn how to use different torches, right? There's only one. But if I were to really mature in this space, I would learn how to use all of them. I don't want to. I want to master this. I am at the walk phase, and that's where I need to be and stay and walk to. And recognizing these things about ourselves and where we are in our work and our, our maturity in skills. You know, Matt, when he did his instruction, he talked about the technology test kitchen. I'm just going to roll it right back to there. And the purpose of environments like the test kitchen and other makerspace type installations are about being able to play in a space where failure is an, is an option, where failure, it doesn't matter. Creating a maturity matrix, failure does not matter. Okay, do it however you want. Make it, play with it, and see what you can. And uh, and and we need more of the, more things like that. More places where we can play. Play with this tool. Play with this approach. Try it with yourself. Bring it to your team. Integrate it into your business practice, into your work, and share it out with uh, stakeholders and and your clients and and your family. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I have some some family members that could use this <laughs> help them feel feel accomplished and as they move forward yeah. so Felice this has been fantastic thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and just these so many gems of kind of ideas and thoughts uh, very practical I hope everyone that's watching today or watching or listening to the broadcast and if, by the way if you're listening to the podcast audio only version we will have an image of the matrix model on the TechSmith blog so you can go check that out uh, maybe we'll even pro just provide this as a template it's a word document so Anyone yeah. can go and fill it out. Uh, but, you know, I hope everyone takes away from this something that they can do and they should do it. Do it relatively soon. Don't put it off. Just go play with it. You don't have to do a full matrix. You don't have to do 25 different squares. Go pick a column, make it for yourself and test it out and see how it's going to could help you progress. And so, please, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. It's been fantastic. Any last words, advice, wisdom that you didn't get a chance to share that you wanted to mention or anything you want to even promote? Uh, I think the important word you used here was share. <laughs> and I would say share your anything that you do in this space with, with someone else, with other people, and, uh, and share your ideas, share your insight. And, uh, and, and going back to that, obviously, yes, the reality is we don't know what we don't know, but trust your instincts uh, and imagine, use your imagination in, in this exercise, incorporate your imagination into your work. You will go far with that. Once again, Fleece, thank you so much for being here with us in the Visual Lounge. And with that, we're so grateful for all of our guests that come and join us. We're grateful for the knowledge that they share with us. I learn. I'm a lucky guy. I get to learn so much from our guests. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Visual Lounge. Thank you for tuning in. We're grateful. We hope whatever you're doing, whether you're learning how to become a better dungeon master, make better videos, make better screenshots, you take some time out of your, your busy schedule and level up every single day. 